What's up, everybody? We are back here, Red Zone DFS College Edition Week Seven DFS. Hope everybody had a good weekend last weekend. Um, man, didn't have quite enough Texas uh, and Oklahoma. Uh, to my credit, I didn't expect Spencer Rattler to get yanked uh, halfway through the game and Oklahoma to absolutely explode. I think uh, I bet Texas. I thought they had that in, in the bag. Um, you know, welcome to college football and the unpredictability that we always talk about. So, um, yeah, and then we had a crazy week with Alabama getting knocked off. So this should be a pretty fun slate. Uh, there's some interesting games on here. Uh, there's a few um, blowout potentials that we'll get into. And then there's a few games that I'm kind of off just from the standpoint that I think they're going to be lower scoring. And, um, you know, I think we have a pretty good mix and blend here. But, you know, and a few pretty clear paths, at least what I'm looking at as far as where I'm going to go this week. So. Let's dive into it. Um, game one on the DraftKings main slate or morning slate, if you want to call that. We've got Texas A&M at Mizzou. Uh, Missouri is coming in as a nine-point dog and a 59-and-a-half over-under here. Um, wow. Uh, well, let's try to figure out which A&M team is going to show up this week, right? Um, they've been really bad on offense all year long until all of a sudden last week, Alabama just brought out the best in them. So, um if we get that same offense or, you know, 80% of that offense, I'm all over AM this week. Um, Zach Calzada looked awesome. Um, I know he got banged up there towards the end with Alabama taking some shots at him. Um, but they've got Anaya Smith who had a great game. You've got uh, Weidermeyer. I don't think I pronounced that right. But uh, Deanna Shane and Isaiah Spiller in the backfield. They've got some really clear and good weapons on this team. For whatever reason, it just wasn't clicking um, five weeks into the season. And again, they just kind of <laughs> clicked and hit on all cylinders last week. They're going up against a Mizzou team here that has one of the worst defenses in the country. Uh, I think they're ranked right now 122 out of 130. So again, road game at Mizzou. Um, but if Mizzou's going to play like they normally play and we get the AM team from last week, Man, this could be a huge smash spot, and all these guys are pretty cheap. So this is a great stacking opportunity that I'm going to be attacking in some lineups this week. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, look, a and still got a really good defense. I know Alabama was able to take it to him a little bit, but it's Alabama, right? Mizzou is not Alabama. So there's one main constant in the offense and consistent guy, and that's Taylor, Tyler Beatty. Um, again, AM's defense is really tough, but if they're scoring, they're gonna have to push the ball a little bit. Beatty gets you, you know, points in the running game, in the passing game. I like him, I like him every week. Uh, he's the focal point of that offense, and um, you know, that's probably where I'm looking in the terms of this game. Um, but yeah, really like the AM side and the Mizzou side. You know, uh, there's probably one guy that I bring it back with. So um cool. Let's move on to the next one. Florida at LSU. Man, enjoy it well while we have everybody. Um, this could be one of the final games we see Eddie O. Uh, they're in some trouble, man. LSU, you know, they have a bottom third defense in the country. Their offense has not been, you know, definitely not what we saw with Joe Burrow a couple of years ago and what we expect LSU to kind of build off of from that championship team. Um, they're just not very impressive. Uh, their best playmaker is out, the, you know, for the rest of the year. Um so I don't really know what to do here. I, I'm probably going to be avoiding it. Max Johnson, I think, is pretty is solid. You know, I think he's good. Um, but he's just going to be a scratch off for me in this spot. He, his weapons are gone. 
They have no running game. Offensive line's been getting trashed. And the Gators obviously have a defense that can handle anybody. So I'm going to be off LSU for the most point here in this spot. Jack Beck uh, and Trey Palmer are two pay down receiving options that are going to fill that void of a boot being out. But, you know, they definitely shouldn't be like a core play. You know, this game could very easily be like a, a massive blowout here. But someone's got to catch the ball in this offense. I think those two guys are decent plays at, at cheap prices. Um, but everybody else, I'm going to be off here. On the Florida side of the ball, man, this offense is is tough to predict in the sense of who's going to get the touches outside of Emory Jones. Emory Jones has been awesome. Um, I'm right now leaning towards just playing a lot of him by himself. Uh, Jacob Copeland is their main receiving option, top receiver. But to be honest, it's pretty spread out in how they do damage. Uh, and you know, I don't, I can't say for a fact that like Jacob Copeland, if if Emory Jones goes off that he's the guy who's getting it. Like where there's not a clear path or a target share here, um, you know, and Emory Jones could run for four touchdowns, right? And not throw for any. So I, I, I'm i going to have a lot of Emory Jones, but I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go here. If I'm going to stack, I'm probably going to mix it up uh, with a few of their weapons. But, you know, I think there's better options to be totally honest with you in a stacking option. So what I'm thinking of is a lot of lineups where I have a clear stack and a clear path that we'll get into. And then like my super flex spot, I'll just plug Emory Jones in there and he can very easily hit 25, 35, 40 points here um, and be fine as an, as a naked play. So that's kind of what I'm leaning in this game. Um, LSU is a 12 point dog at home. Uh, I mean, geez, like prayers up Eddie-o. Um Next game, Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas is a four point favorite uh brutal game last week i mean man this team has the ability to pop off at any point um you know auburn's got a good defense uh they're top 30 in the country so it's not like super optimal but kj jefferson's been great uh all season Traylon Traylon burks uh he's their main the main weapon there um those are the two guys that I'm, I'm you know if i'm gonna go this route those are the two guys that i'm focusing on on this side on the other side of the game um, Auburn, they've kind of weirdly been passing at a 60% clip over there, um, which is interesting. Bo Nix, he's just so hit or miss. He's so unpredictable. Arkansas has been okay on defense. I mean, Ole Miss absolutely smoked them. Georgia took it to them. But, you know, I don't think Auburn's offense is that good to really, like, go off here. Um, and, I again, like I talked about before with the Gators offense – there's not a super clear path uh, as far as like a clear stacking option. Sure, it's GPP or a tournament. You can take shots on any one of the four guys, Robertson, Hudson, Jackson, or Shanker at the receiving position. Um, you can also throw Tank Bigsby in there. But I don't think they get blown out here, but I don't see Auburn, you know, a clear path again to like going going nuts and like having a clear path on who to play, right? So I'm going to probably be off Auburn. Um Razorbacks have a little bit of interest again because there is that clear target path and the correlation there. But outside of that, you know, medium interest, lukewarm interest, nothing in this game that's like really popping off to me. Next game I do have some interest in. We have Oklahoma State going to Texas. Texas is a four-point favorite and a 60 over under here. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. The, the, the number kind of pops off because Oklahoma State has had a really good defense all season. Um, most of their damage is done from the running game, to be totally honest with you. They do have Tay Martin, who's a beast. Um, and I think he is a strong play here, as we saw, um, when Oklahoma actually had like a comparable, like quarterback, they actually did, you know, take it to Texas a little bit. 
Uh, well, not a little bit. They took it to him and they beat him. Um, so there is definitely spots here to exploit the Texas pass defense. Um, it's just a matter of if we're going to see the mullet let Spencer Sanders let it fly or not. So, um, you know, but Jalen Bourne is one of my favorite plays on the slate. His price is in a great spot. The volume's there every week, and he's delivered almost every week. He's averaging almost 25 DraftKings points a game this year. So I I like this game. Um, Texas, very clearly, right, they are a different team um, down there this year. Uh, their offense has absolutely taken off. Their offense is solid. Their defense had, you know, a shred of, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> being able to stop anybody. They probably win that game last week. They were up big. Um, so the de- defense is not the strong point of this team. The offense is. And we got news this morning that Jordan Whittington is going to be out uh, probably for the rest of the year. Maybe in a bowl game he'll come back. But the offense gets even more concentrated, which we love for fantasy purposes. Casey Thompson's in play. Bijan Robinson's in play. Xavier Worthy's in play. And definitely their number one receiver now. And then Joshua Moore kind of creeps back in. He caught two touchdowns last week. You know, he's had kind of a rocky year uh, after a great season last season, but he's going to get his opportunities now. And and I really like him. He's a cheap price. So this Texas stack is definitely doable. And you have some solid bring back options if you go that route with, you know, Tay Martin, Jalen Warren. You can game stack this pretty easily. So um, I like this game. Um, Next up, I don't love this game too much. UCF at Cincinnati. This one should be a blowout. Um, UCF is missing their top quarterback, their top receiver. Um, Cincinnati's defense is already one of the best in the country. Um, maybe you can play like a Ryan O'Keefe as a bring back or a pun option, but outside of that, I probably won't have much Cincinnati or UCF. Um, on the other side of the ball, Cincinnati, they, again, they should blow these guys out. Um, but you know, you worry about that ceiling game, right? If they're up four or five touchdowns at halftime, what do they do? Um, in terms of rotation and guys, you know, still pushing the ball, Desmond Ritter's in a great spot. Jerome Ford's in a great spot. And Alec Pierce is kind of emerging as their top receiver. So those three guys I do have interest in because in order to take the foot off the gas pedal, they have to hit it, uh, which means those three guys should do some damage here. Um, so I do have some interest. You know, again, Cincinnati's a three-touchdown three favorite and almost a 60-point over-under. So I think they smoke them here. Um, you know, uh, definitely not a bad play whatsoever, but I, I won't have much UCF at all on Saturday. Next up, Michigan State of Indiana. Sparty continues to roll, baby. Um, I was one or two punt plays away. Actually, that Boise-BYU game, if it popped off last week, I was probably taking down some serious change. Um, I had uh, Jalen Taylor, Patrick Thorne, and Kenneth Walker in a stack. Those guys are awesome. Michigan State is definitely a team that we should stop sleeping on. Their offense is great. Um, they get an Indiana defense here that's ranked 90th in the country. Um, so I have interest in everyone. Patrick Thorne, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, and Kenneth Walker. Um, all four of those guys are very much in play. They should roll. In Indiana, you know, even though they get blown out, they still should be able to put up enough of a fight that we get like a solid game out of this uh, where it's, you know, it's not over halfway through the second. So um, on the Hoosier side of the ball, uh, you know, I don't think they keep up very well. They don't have a ton of offensive firepower. You got Fry Fogel and Hendershot at the receiving position, which are decent plays if you're going to stack it to bring them back with. Um, but again, I'm not really going like full Indiana stack here. Um, I think Michigan State's just a better team flat out, and I think they handle them pretty easily. Um, 
Next up, Nebraska and Minnesota. So Nebraska is a four-point favorite going into Minnesota. Minnesota, man, they're they're tough. Like they're top. They want to run the ball almost every, like every play. They would if they could. Uh, Trey Potts, their second running back, is now going to be out this Saturday. So I don't really know what they're going to do, where they're going to go. I'm just not going to spend my money trying to figure that out. So I'm off the Minnesota side of the ball. Uh, on the other side, Cornhuskers, look, they found something lately, right? Like they're turning into a very solid football team. Um, Minnesota has a pretty tough defense. They always do. Um, this game's at Minnesota. Uh, I haven't really dug too much into the weather, so keep an eye on that. But um, Nebraska's top 30 offense, uh, or I'm sorry, Minnesota's a top 30 defense. So I don't know. This one just for me doesn't feel like a GPP winner. Very much could, but Adrian Martinez is always, you know, in play for DFS purposes. And his main target, Samari Torre, um, is turned into a really good receiver for them. But again, you know, we're not seeing unless they're playing like a, a one double A school, you know, Nebraska putting up 40, 50, 60 points a week. So I think they beat them, but I think it's kind of a slug it out. You know, Nebraska might win by a touchdown or two um, type game, but I don't see any firepower from Minnesota. They're just going to try to like hunker down and keep this one close. So I don't love the game flow here. Next up, we have Kentucky at Georgia. Um, Georgia's a 22 and a half point favorite with a 44 and a half over under. So um, yeah, uh, they're kind of predicting like a 35 to seven win here. Uh, Vegas is. Kentucky's been good. I mean, they've been really good. Uh, they have a tough team. They play like hard. They they play fundamental football. Uh, I hope they can make this a game just from a football standpoint. Like, I'd love to see someone challenge Georgia a little bit. I think Kentucky's, you know, um, tough in that respect. But Georgia's got the number one defense in the country. And if you've watched these guys, I mean, it's just they're they're amazing. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. They're all over the field. They rally. They do not give up big plays. Like they are just a, an awesome defense. So play it at your own risk. If you want to get super weird and you think, you know, Kentucky's got some magic going, Will Levi's a quarterback, which I don't love, but you do have Chris Rodriguez and Wandale Robinson. You can kind of pick off. They're still really good football players, but uh, Georgia's got all the athletes on the world to match up with these guys. So I don't see again, the upside. Um, it's definitely not going to be a shootout type game. I don't think um, I would be absolutely floored. And I think the entire country would. So if you think that's going to happen, you know, and they, ha and it happens, I hope you bought a lottery ticket as well. Um, Georgia on the other side, look, the quarterback position is kind of a mess. The rotation, both guys have been solid, but um, if I'm going here, I'm probably going to Zamir white. Who's burned me all season long. I stopped playing about two, three weeks ago. And of course that's when you started playing well. Um, so Zamir White's kind of taken over that lead back, uh, opportunity, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, his last four games, he's gotten 15 plus carries. Um, he's got double digit DraftKings points. So he's kind of back in my good graces. He's at a really good price here. Um, again, Kentucky's tough, but I think we know what Georgia wants to do, right? Like they would love to get up two, three scores here and just pound the ball and play defense and just absolutely suffocate Kentucky. So if they can do that, um, you know, this game's going to be over pretty quick and they're just going to run the ball out, which is good for your Zamir White share. So, um, yeah, I don't mind that spot at all. I, I, I will definitely have some Zamir White on Saturday. Following up here, we have Miami at North Carolina. Whew. All right, Miami. So Tyler Van Dyke's uh, first start, he absolutely throttled some nobody team. It was like, 
north, southeastern Connecticut or something like that. But he actually did show a little bit of flash last week versus Virginia, which was a little surprising. Um, I do not love his price. He's priced up a little bit here. Um, I think he's 6,900 on DraftKings, but you could do worse in a game that is expected to kind of be up-tempo and fast because North Carolina is going to score. Uh, Miami's defense is not what you expect a Miami defense to be. Um, so I don't mind this side of the ball as you know as much. Uh, Cameron Harris has been a lot better. You could always go to Harley and Rambo at the receiving position. You know, they're moderately priced, not like crazy or anything. So I think it's pretty accurate. Um, and again, they should be trailing, um, which means they have to push the ball, I would think. So Miami's not the worst play on Saturday. Um, they're playing better. They're only a seven and a half point underdog uh, and a 62 and a half over under here. So things could get interesting. Um, North Carolina, it's pretty simple. They've got Ty Chandler, who's been decent. Um, he had that one monster game. But if you're going to the side of the ball, it's Sam Howell and Josh Downs. Uh, Josh Downs is getting like double the, the target share than any other receiver on that team. Um, so if you're going to do it, you got to pay for it. But again, you're going to get two elite players and very concentrated offense. This is like, think of the Rodgers and Devontae Adams uh, of college football. So um, never a bad play. I think they can, you know, get after Miami pretty good here and, and put up some serious points. And, you know, there's some bring back options for the Canes as well. So, um, yeah, this game's I got a little interest in here. Next up, we got BYU at Baylor. Ah, man, this one's tricky. Uh, BYU, so BYU's, I mean, they'd be like a top 10 team if they didn't lose last week. Uh, they're right around a 50-50 offensive split. They're averaging like 27 points a game. Baylor, however, has been really good. They've got a top 25 unit defensively. They are at home, Baylor is. Jaron Hall did not look great last week coming back from injury, which is a little concerning. Um, hope you know, He should be better this week, obviously. They have a running back, Tyler Algier, who's a beast. Um, but I got to imagine they're going to force by BYU to throw this ball. Um, and so Romney and Powell are probably the best receivers on the team that I would lean to. Um, I just don't know. The over-under in this game is 51. I think Baylor's defense is going to be able to handle BYU pretty good. Um, they're just more talented, right? Uh, on the other side, Baylor – like, I hate that he spells his name with a G, but Jerry Bohannon went absolutely bonkers last week versus West Virginia. He's been pretty damn solid all year. Um, it should be a tougher matchup because BYU does play good defense. They play sound football, you know, assignment football, if you want to call it that. Um, but you have Jerry Bohannon, Abram Smith, uh, who's coming in at a good price and averaging 7.7 .7 on the ground per carry. And then you got Tyquan Thornton and RJ Sneed outside. So Baylor is kind of a sneaky little stack here. Um, at home, I think they have a chance to, you know, make some noise. Um, and if they can beat down BYU, um, you know, they get their season kind of back on track. So next up Pittsburgh at Virginia tech. So I think this is like kind of the first time Pittsburgh has been on one of these main slates here for DraftKings this year. Uh, but they've been electric. Uh, they're the number one scoring offense in college football, uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, so this should be a pretty good test. They have to go down to Blacksburg, face Virginia Tech, who's the 25th ranked defense in terms of points given up. Um, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison have been unbelievable. Uh, you also have Taysir Mack, who's an interesting pivot at the receiver position. And then on the ground, you kind of have a split between Vincent Davis and Israel, I cannot pronounce his name, but Aban Ikanda, um, who split some carries. But man, this Pittsburgh offense is the real deal. Uh, this game should be 
really, really fascinating and interesting to watch. It's a 55 over under and tech is a five and a half point dog at home. So um, I have some interest in Pickett and Addison just because they've been so electric with one another. And, and although tech has been pretty good on defense, like they don't do anything spectacular either. So this should be a pretty fascinating matchup here um, on the Virginia tech side of the ball. Nothing really blows me away. Again, if you think Pitt's going to score, you know, and, and Virginia tech's in a positive game flow, Braxton Burmeister has been okay, but you know, he's he's hit like 20 draft DraftKings points like once this season so i don't love the upside um you have trey turner and travion robinson who could be interesting to bring back options um but yeah i think this is just i think pittsburgh wins maybe two touchdowns here um and, and kind of handles virginia tech who's just you know blah like as far as a team goes but you know, is Pittsburgh also going to blow the, the doors off this and put up, you know, 50, 60 points that they have been doing? Um, that remains to be seen. If they do, that's incredibly impressive. But I will have some stairs of Pittsburgh. They've just been too good to ignore. Um, and then let's see. Finally, we'll wrap up with the last game of the slate, Purdue at Iowa. Uh, they're another team here that I hope can make this a game because um, I'd love to see somebody challenge Iowa. Uh but they're the fourth best defense in college football. You know, they have uh, Purdue's got multiple quarterbacks in the mix. It muddies the waters in terms of fantasy. The running backs hurt. King Daru is their bane guy out of the backfield. And you have David Bell as their, as their leading receiver. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just not super excited about Purdue, um, to be totally honest with you. I think Iowa's really damn good. And they're going to play the type of football that is not conducive for fantasy purposes. So for those reasons, I am not going to be on Purdue. Um, as Mark Cuban would say, for those reasons, I'm out. And on the other side of the ball, Spencer Petras has been solid. But let's be totally honest here. Iowa runs the ball 55% of the time. They want to run the ball. Again, they want to get the lead and they want to pound it. Uh, Purdue's giving up about 125 on the ground per game. So Tyler Goodson, chalk him up. He's your man if you're going to go to this game. Um, Tyler Goodson's always a good play because, again, the offense goes through him. Um, and then he burned me last week, but he's just too cheap to, you know, to, to totally scratch off the list. If you want to take a shot at one of the pass catchers, Sam Laporta, the tight end, um, he's one of their main receiving options at 4K. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the slate. This is where I'm going. Um, like always – Subscribe to our site. It's in the notes uh, here to the episode. Um, I'll have updates in there as we get closer. If there's any injuries or guys that I'm moving more towards on, I'll put that in the article. And as well, follow me on social media. I'm at VinnyLevine29 on Twitter. Um, yeah, subscribe. Check us out. Please give us a good rating. Thumbs up on the YouTube or five-star rating on Apple. Um, and yeah, good luck making some money and talk to you next time. Later.